Welcome back to the second hour of Tip Today, 1800-938-007. The text and WhatsApp is 083-311-3311. And just uh, by getting in touch with us and sharing your views or uh, coming up with something new on WhatsApp and uh, text, if you put Talbot at the end of your contribution, gets you into the draw for the month's membership there of their smashing um, leisure centre. Uh, hi, Fran, just been listening to the programme. The man talking at the moment is saying that everybody's entitled to their beliefs, but not Enoch Burke. I think that he and his family are over the top, but then again, it's a case of do as I say and not as I do. I always find that I have the right to my opinion as long as I agree with the person I'm in conversation with. How about that? For freedom of speech, says B to us today. Financial advice with FOH Financial Limited. Tried, trusted and experienced advice. See foh.ie. FOH Financial Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Francis O'Hanlon is with me in studio from FOH. Good morning to you, Francis. Hi, Post-Christmas, God knows we need all of the financial advice we can get. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we need it all year round. It's not just for Christmas, Fran. <laughs> it's like a puppy, isn't it? Uh, good to see you anyway, Francis. We'll start with a few uh, questions from last time round. What do I need to do as far as social welfare is concerned if I'm no longer a carer and have been in receipt of carer's allowance what information will they need? So I presume this is in relation to stamp and state mm. pension and one thing or the other so I would say they don't need anything because there'd be a record and your uh, for all the world PRSI boxes or stamp boxes would be ticked um, based on the fact that you were in receipt of the carer's allowance but and they'll automatic, automatically update that I would say but look to be sure, to be sure, to be sure, check mm. your PRSI record. And you can do that with PRSI records, Department of Social Protection, and that's in um, Buncrana in Donegal, or you can ring them 01471-5898. Um, you can also do it through their website and, uh, you know, just just maybe put in uh, PRSI records and it'll come up to, to bring you to make sure it's legitimate, by the way, um, if you're going online. Yes. But, you know, they would have an automatic record, I would say, of your PRSI record whilst you were a carer, but just check if, you, if you're if you in doubt. All right, we're staying with uh, caring. I'm getting half carers for my husband. Am I entitled to fuel allowance with the old age pension? They, this comes up time it and does, time again. It does, yeah. And I, it? look, I would say possibly, but to get the fuel allowance, you must be either A, living alone, um, or only with certain people, uh, which I'll expand on, you know, be getting a qualifying payment unless you're 70 or over uh, and you must satisfy a means test. But you must live alone or with a spouse, civil partner or cohabitant who qualifies for an, uh, an increase on your pension or social welfare payment. Uh, you, either you have dependent children or a person who's getting a carer's allowance, a carer's benefit and is caring for you or your spouse, partner or cohabitant on a full-time basis or you're in receipt of maybe short-term jobs, seeker's allowance or some kind of supplementary benefit. Um you know, I, I would just say person age 70 and over subject to means test, they qualify. Mm. But just remember, only one fuel allowance payment is paid to a household. So, again, possibly, 
<laughs> sounds like I'm saying if you're standing at a right angle to the door and the wind is blowing the right way. <laughs> but look, there are conditions yeah. to you, to you getting this. So possibly, I would say to that yeah. person. And, and funny if we always get questions into the program about that. So there's obviously a because conf- confusion out there. It's yeah. a minefield, it is, Fran. It? Yeah. That's that's the reality. And you know, I, I'm not getting into it today, but there's been huge changes even in the area of, you know, not just state pension. Well, that's coming down the line. Mm. Possibly the auto enrollment, but there's so many changes afoot. It's no wonder people are confused. Of course, you yeah. know we're in the game and we're trying to keep up with it. So yeah, I, I have every sympathy. Speaking of confusion, how do you check your stamp levels? So I just call that out there. I mean, just check with the PRSI records department of social welfare, and that's I think it's MacArthur's Road, Ard um, Ardaravan, is it? Uh, Bunkrana, Donegal, Ireland, and oh one four seven one five eight nine eight. Or you can do. Um, online, right. but again, just make sure it's legitimate if you're looking at it online because you're giving in information, obviously. Right, so be careful about that. Yeah. Th- that question, it tends to come mostly from women, does it not? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah it does because, again, there's that, oh, I was at home with the kids for maybe X for a while. Years, I'm not yes. saying that men aren't at home with the kids either, but, yes. you know, in the main, it's women saying, you know, am I entitled to anything for that? And look, we've kind of touched on that before where you, for the years that you were in receipt of child benefit, yes, you have certain entitlements Again, certain subject to certain terms and conditions and maximums. So I would check just okay. in case. I was very interested in this question. Something I, one of the many things I didn't know about. But anyway, it says I've worked with the HSE all of my life. I was on the band D tax table. I'm not allowed glasses, dentists, or hearing aids on my stamps. What am I allowed? Band D, first of all. Yeah. So it's public service PRSI class. So the majority of us would be class A. Um, so yeah, look, and I, I don't want to sound flippant here because not all public service pensions are equal. So some people um, that I see in certain areas of the public service have relatively low pensions and it might be that they're not entitled um, they wouldn't be entitled to the state pension. So somebody who's on PRSI Class D the idea was they paid an awful lot less PRSI than any of the rest of us that are on PRSI Class A. So therefore they don't have certain benefits that Ah, we'd be entitled to. I.e. the the state, the the uh, contributory state pension, they're not entitled to it. Okay, so um, I, I, I suppose the the big thing here is, I don't know what level of pension this individual has. Mm. Um, I would say, look, if in doubt, maybe speak to the Department of Social Welfare. They'll tell you very quickly whether there's any extra entitlements you're entitled to, but I can't answer it because I. I'm assuming that you have a reasonable level of Class D um, right. public service pension, but again, down to individuals. And if you're a widow or a widow? Or yeah, if, it may well be that they're entitled to the widow's pension, right? right? Okay. Again, another anomaly in the system because it may be that their partner or uh, spouse had a, were PRSI Class A at some stage. So they may be entitled to the widow's pension um, or the state pension, say their their spouse was entitled to the state pension mm. and they passed away, it might be that this person then is due the state pension that their spouse should have got uh-huh. right. instead. Okay. So, again, 
Again, a you mind know, just, a mind just check. Yes, all right. Okay. Uh, let us move on then to I suppose the big talking point, and those of us who have pay into pensions will be very much looking at the way the markets mm. are going for 2023 but I'm hugely uh, confused at this because the markets seem to be optimistic enough but the central banks are not. Yeah, no, there seems to be a bit of a contradiction all right I suppose the central banks are very very focused on inflation. Mm. Inflation, inflation, inflation. Um, because the mantra, say, even of the, the European Central Bank is to have uh, inflation levels around 2% and we're way off that. Right. Even on the on the recent um, figures, I think they were up around maybe late 7s, maybe 8%, that kind of mark. So it's way, way off the 2%. But again, I you know, there's contradictions going on here because an awful lot of the economists are saying central banks have all got this really mm. wrong. This inflation is different to, um, you know, usual people going out buying discretionary items, inflation. This this inflation has its core in energy prices and yes. in food, okay? So they're saying that they feel them putting up interest rates to the extent that they're doing is not going to work. Um, but again, right. they're going to fight that out. They're also making the point that, that uh, um, inflation has peaked, uh, well, particularly yeah. in the States, I suppose. But yeah, you- and I mean, the, the, the word is that inflation peaked, I suppose, across the Eurozone area, maybe in around October. Mm. And we have seen um, it start to recede slightly, but every area is different as well. Um, I, I do think from what we're hearing, there will be further interest rate increases to what extent, maybe not as gung-ho as they were going to be, mm. um, but expectations are they'll probably stop that maybe in the coming months, but again, as to when, yes. who knows. Well, the European Central Bank are saying it will be 2024, but, you know. Again, like, where where is everybody going to be? I mean, it's, and again, one man's misery is another man's feast. Right. Like, if you're talking about the interest rates that savers are getting at the moment, they're still very, very low because the banks in Ireland haven't passed on that interest to the, to, they haven't passed it on to the mortgage holders to any huge extent, right? But um, therefore, they're not passing it on to the savers. Um, so again, right. well, who knows? That's what happens when you don't have competition, I suppose. But, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and unfortunately, that's narrowing. And you know, so what can we expect then, twenty twenty? So I think we can accept expect turbulence. Is that the word I'm going to mm. use? Yeah. Turbulence. I think mm. it's going to be bumpy. Um, but already in the month of January, and it's only one month. Um, you know, we've seen a considerable upturn in the markets. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean like if we look at the last year. It was there was a considerable downturn. Now I think a lot of people were oblivious to that, Fran, because of the upsurge that had happened after COVID. Yes. So maybe the 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 substantial gains that happened after COVID, people were cushioned to a certain extent or protected against um, the downturn of last year. But the downturn of last year was quite significant in saying that there is an uplift in January so far. Expectations are that it's going to be bumpy for the next few months, but they think as inflation um, reduces and maybe as interest rates cool, even to the extent that they're increasing them, maybe the odd quarter of a percent here or there, that you should see a return to growth in the market. Some people are saying that's going to happen sooner rather than later. I would say forget all of that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the markets will do what the markets will do. What you have to say is the same thing we always say to people. 
you know, know your own timeline, know your own risk level, know when you're going to need that money. Um, and I think that's right. all people can do. I know they're well positioned. Understand what you're in. Yeah, so as to whether or not it's a good time to invest, it, it, it's a very individual thing. Yeah, that, I would say, look, hap- I, I'm kind of saying to people at the moment, especially that are paying in on regular premiums, they're buying in at, you would expect, discounted rates. I'm not saying they won't drop a little bit further, and I think they probably will, right? But you'll never time markets exactly. Don't try and do that because you won't do it, right? What you need to know is your own timeline and your own risk. So you're buying in at the moment after substantial downturns last year. So if we're not close to the bottom, if we're not at the bottom, we certainly are fairly close to it. And again, there's that little kick, right? Mm. When things just all of a sudden turn. Nobody knows when that's going to happen. Like I remember that 2009 it was around March of 2009 after the worst crash since 1929. It was in around the time Cheltenham. Not that I'm a huge Cheltenham fan, but I remember <laughs> yeah. literally markets just turned, just lifted and then surged, you know, for uh, what was one of the longest bull markets. Yes, I remember you showing me the graph on that. Yeah. It was astounding. So yes. There wasn't any particular rhyme or reason to that. So I think, again... You know, should you stay or should you go? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's about you knowing what suits you. It's about you knowing that what you're invested in is still good, has the potential for recovery, and that you know your own timeline. And that's what I would say to people. And that the charges are good, and all of the usual things that we say. If you're, in, if you have the time, I would say stay on the surfboard. You know, don't be jumping off because if you come off. It's very, very hard, very unlikely for you again, to get yeah. that recovery yeah. um, going forward because what are you going to get it in cash? No, because we've just said interest rates are low. But again, you have to be comfortable. There's no point in you bolting up in the bed in the middle of the night wondering how the FTSE 100 is doing. <laughs> so you need to. it needs to be about what suits you. Absolutely. Okay. Speaking of what suits you, I'm delighted you're going to speak about this today because it's intrigued me for a long time. Um, the notion of the lifelong loans and you know yeah. what what are they to, okay. to begin with because we see the ads for them all the time yeah so yeah. these were quite popular speaking of financial crash pre financial crash in Ireland they were just starting to creep in it was a couple of institutions did them um i think they were called seniors money at the time i think they're spry now uh, they've converted to mm-hmm. bank of ireland actually did them at one stage as well did they? Yeah. yeah so I, and they but they don't do any more but these were basically about giving people in their later years um, the means to release money from their property while staying in the property in that they may need money for A, B and C or just living in general. I mean, look at the questions you've got coming in about Mm. fuel allowance, Mm. you know, Class D stamp. You know, some people struggle with the income that they've got in retirement. So some people seeing this as, oh, well, look, I still have maintenance to my house and I can't afford those chunks Mm. to get, I haven't got the chunk of money I need to get the roof fixed or the boiler is gone or just even a better lifestyle right. saying so look I have this money asset. that will be released to them from the worth of their home yeah. that will eventually be repaid when Ex- they pass on exactly. and, so in their estate and there's all two different types right mm. so there's um, this is at the moment there's the lifetime loan which is basically you get X amount of money based on your age and obviously the older you are the bigger the percentage of the house 
and they then charge you an interest rate. And that loan, this is a lifetime loan. This loan runs on, runs on. And then when you eventually pass away and or maybe go into a nursing home, then either the property is sold by your estate and the lender gets their money back and your estate gets the residual balance or it might be an opportunity for your estate, say there was children or whatever it be, to buy out the lender, Mm. okay, Mm. so that the property can still be retained within the family or maybe one family member. But the interest rates are high, okay? So I would say to you, um, at the moment, from what I can see, the interest rate on this loan is about 6.45%. Right. How does that compare to a <clears throat> Well, look, if you're looking loan. at a standard variable rate, I suppose they can vary depending on provider at the moment. But I would say they're in around, maybe I'm going to take a middle ground, 3.5% right. on a variable rate. So, so I double would, that almost. <clears throat> yeah. Double that mm, all yeah. at the moment. So quite expensive. Um, you know, a good plan is to live, as I always say to people. So, you know, the longer this loan goes on, uh, the the more interest is clocking up. But some people might say, listen, I have this asset. I want to stay in my mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. This is a means of me getting money. You know, right. I know there's a price down the line, but I don't have any other means so of getting So what are your concerns, Francis, besides mm-hmm. the, the interest rate? What, what are your concerns? Look, I suppose it's expensive, um, I think there's possibly other ways of maybe doing this. Um, if you need money, it might be maybe you only need a small amount of money. And I think, see, people are always wary about speaking to family about this. Mm. But it might be, say, for example, somebody needed 60,000, right? This was the number and they were going to borrow this. And it might be that they're leaving their property to their I'm just going to say three children, Mm. right? Mm. And it might be that if you spoke to your children, they may be in a position to give you 20,000 each, right? And that you don't have to go down this route of borrowing and that eventually they'll get the house, house will be sold down the line. So it's kind of a weird saving for them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that makes Mm. sense. Yeah, but it could be a major repair to the house that would be in their interests. Now, what about, they mightn't have the money. No, they might, the individuals may not have the money. So again, and it might be that people don't want to burden their family with this. But you have to be careful. You have to really, really seek advice in relation to these loans. Yes. Um, because they're very expensive. And, you know, I, I just did a rough top there. I I was saying if, you know, somebody ended up borrowing, I think it was 180000 right? Mm. And they're 81 now, okay? And they lived to 96. The amount that would be due back would be about... 476,168 euros. So that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of money, right? Well, it certainly is. Because it's compounding. That's the problem. Now, there are means you can pay a little bit of money as well, but you're getting into all sorts of territory. For a lot of people, that would wipe out the inheritance. Possibly. And now the only thing is there's no no negative equity guarantee on these. So if they go underwater, like say somebody borrows... And again, that's why they won't give you a huge amount of money. They're not stupid, right? They'll only give you a certain amount of money based on your age. And that increases over as you get older because it's getting closer to the point where they'll get their money back. Okay. Okay? So you just have to be careful. But if they do go into negative, say there was a dip. Just as as you you passed away, there was a, a, a crash in the market. Yeah, okay. There's a, a, a there's a negative equity guarantee, so you won't it it wouldn't be that your estate would be 
obliged to pay back the lender. That's just tough, right? That's just tough. There's a a no negative equity guarantee built into them. But Mm -hmm. I suppose there is another option, which is a reversion loan, which is different to the lifetime loan. What what is that? So the reversion loan is where you're buying, um, you're selling a fixed amount of your property at the time. And you're fixing it in. So if, for example, there's no interest for all the world. Yes. So you're selling it. Now, say you're saying, okay, I'm going to sell 50% of my the value of my property. You'll get probably half of that. So you get 25% of the half value. Okay? okay. And that's released to you. So there's no interest per se. But the idea is that down the line then they've got their fixed amount. So they're depending on the markets going up. Right, mm. they sell it down the line, and they're selling it at a higher price because the markets have even just gone up at a normal rate. Mm. They get their money back and some, but you still retain the other fifty percent. Okay, okay, and your estate gets that eventually. Now, just to say, you can actually opt to put a repayment on that to get a bigger percentage. Um, but again, it's very hard to convey these. You know, without having somebody in front of you. Of course. But I'm yes. just saying, please be careful. It's interesting. Please yeah. be cautious. You, you, you're also counselling that <clears throat> maybe an option would be to, to downsize in some way. Yeah. I mean, but you know, we were only talking about this lately in the context of, of where I live. I know at least probably three or four people had, if there were smaller houses in the village, in the town that they could downsize to, they probably would. Mm. But they want to stay in their rural village in South Tipperary yeah. or Waterford or whatever it be. But they would do. With a heart and a half, they'd be happier. They'd have lower costs. But for some reason, this is the bizarre nature of, of our housing problem. Mm. Those houses aren't available. But think about this. If there was those schemes, then they could sell their bigger house to the family that needs it for their children. It would all make sense. And so on. And this works so well in other countries. Absolutely. Yeah. But we just don't seem to have a grasp on it here. And I think that's a real... If, if that was the case, then somebody would be downsizing. They'd be taking their equity. They'd buy their smaller house outright. Their costs are lower. And they'd have a chunk of change that they can use going forward to supplement themselves. Or indeed you know, leave to their family eventually if they wanted to. Plus, of course, the original property. So I think there's many reasons why these loans are required by people, but there's many reasons why we could get around them if we had the right Right. structures in place. Somebody wondering, are there... Uh, lenders who will lend to you on the basis that you're talking about. So I presume, are there people oh, there, in there's one, there's one So there's in, in one Ireland. provider of lifetime loans and there's one provider of reversion uh, it's agreements. So that was the second one I mentioned where they buy a right. fixed amount for a fixed price. There's two providers. One, sorry, one provider doesn't do both. There's two separate providers okay. in the Irish market at the moment looking at those. Can I just say... On the lifetime loan, if, for example, your family got wind of it down the line, not got wind of it, it sounds like you're doing something untoward, but if they realised, oh, look, we'll buy this out for you, they can do so on the lifetime loan, but you can't do it on the reversion agreement. Ah, okay. Okay? So that they're other reasons why it, you it need to be really careful. It sounds, Francis, that a family discussion should be had around it. Should, Fran, you know? and, and think about that because, you know, and I'm, that might tie into if we time to get into the next topic. Yeah, certainly we don't today, no, but we, and we, we will make reference it. to it if that's you okay. You have to be yeah. careful, and I'm not right. saying this, but sometimes there's financial abuse yes. of the elderly. 
And right? this is of great concern to you, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, look, not just of the elderly, of anybody. I mean, if you're talking about men, women in domestic abuse situations, yeah. financial abuse, and actually what prompted me to think about this was that the last day I was in, I think Alison had got a text in mm. and somebody had mentioned financial abuse and I said, oh my God, it's really not mentioned enough. Mm. And that can happen in a situation where somebody, say a, a child is putting a parent under pressure, when I need a house and I need money, I need this, I need that. Mm and that they're putting a parent under pressure to release money, that could technically, you know, that's verging on financial abuse, right? Because if they're really putting a parent under dressing, mm. I can't buy my house, you need to help me, it's no good to me when you're gone, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm not saying every know, child would do know, that. Still, Sometimes yeah. it's actually the quite opposite. I don't want your money. You know, do whatever you do, mum, dad. Yeah. You know, knock yourselves out, live. But sometimes it's not. Yeah. Okay, so and and so and if you would, Francis, maybe next time round we'd spend yeah. more time talking about that because yeah. I think it's a very important thing to do. Somebody wondering though, um, one of these loans that you're making reference to, life lifetime loan, mm-hmm. um, if you had to go into a nursing home and pay the HSC. What about that? In other words, yeah, that's releasing so, equity to yeah, pay for that. So that yeah. can eat into it further. So that's something you need to consider. And the other side of it is, I think it's maybe, maybe not on both of them, but I know definitely that they consider, say you did release money, right? That might be included for the in the home care scheme if you a chunk of money sitting there and right. you have to be careful with this social f- welfare fair payments. deal is concerned is it yeah and yeah. you have to be careful with social welfare payments as well because if they're means tested it might be normally the family home is excluded but if you've money sitting on deposit it might be or invested it might be that it reduces down what you're entitled to so just again be careful. All right, okay. We have all the questions in for you, Francis, and I know you'll, you'll deal with them uh, next time. Well, good to see you, Francis. Thanks, and thanks, Fran. thanks very much indeed. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's Garage.ie.